gray. I might have known it would be red. It's pink, Mama. What Tommy gave me, Mama. Aren't they beautiful? I can see your dirty pillows. Everyone will. Breasts, Mama. They're called breasts. And every woman has them. Hey! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our program. <laughs> Why do we own these DVDs? Your true host, Sean Takaki, and his wife, Diane. Diane and Sean. Yeah. Why do we own these DVDs? Yeah. Why do we own the DVD? Represent Sean Takaki. Are you doing research during live airing? No, I'm not doing research. I'm just looking shit up. Then you should have done this. I'm just casually browsing IMDb and I happen to be on not what you're supposed to do. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll wait for you. I'm done. <laughs> as God. I as I swipe as you through. continue to swipe through the cast. Hmm. Interesting. That's not. Well, creepy Carrie. <laughs> Let's start over. <laughs> My mind just blooped out. <laughs> Creepy Carrie, creepy Carrie. <laughs> uh, wow, it's Friday. And again, you're not speaking. <laughs> you haven't introduced any. I don't introduce things right away. Introduce. <laughs> How about you start it off for once, mister? I didn't remember that the house... Collapse. Collapses onto itself. You know what I never remember? That her mom fucking stabs her in the back. Literally. I never remember that. I don't know why. I'm like, oh, God, that's right. Why did I think that the mom gets stabbed in the cooter? You think of the exorcist? Maybe. That must be it. I mean, she stabs herself in the cooter in the exorcist. I don't know. I think there's a movie where someone gets... I'm sure there's many, because that mean, seems to be a... But, I mean, yeah, okay. not, I don't mean that there's just one, yeah. But, yeah, for some reason, in my my memory was that, you know, as the knives go, well, the knives and the random other vaguely sharp kitchen utensils they, that go flying through the air. like, I'm using whatever's in this kitchen. Yeah, I thought one stabbed her in the hoo-ha, but... No. She only gets stabbed, like, four times. There's, like, six. I mean... Five. One in each hand, and then like four on the body, just yeah. like the weird glowy eyed Jesus. Well, yes, statue. obvious. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't and, remember. I didn't remember the house eating itself. Because you, <laughs> I mean, you have seen this, but it's probably been a while, and, it's been a while. and I don't know if you've seen it from start to finish. I, I haven't seen it start to finish in at least twenty years. Yeah, that checks. Yeah, because that's probably like excluding when. I bought this over the 
this fall and watched it like in October. Prior to that, it had been a really long time. I think I I I saw maybe thirty seconds of when you guys watched it this yeah. past time. Because obviously, there's like scenes that everyone has seen. And you know, and prior to to even that time, I hadn't seen anything that wasn't like part of some kind of like clip show or anything. Uh huh. Yeah. In yeah, twenty years. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, let's get into it. This is a podcast called "Why Do We Own This DVD?" Why do we indeed? I mean, this is one where it's like. I mean, it feels like one that even people who don't like horror movies, horror movies, like you, or even people who don't like, aren't like huge movie people, they're going to have this one somewhere in the corner collecting dust. You think something. so? Yeah, I feel like it. I feel like this is one of those movies that when you bought your first DVD player, you you had a handful of DVDs and this was one of them. That's interesting. You know, it's an interesting observation. Like it, like it's a movie that people have that they don't watch. Interesting. I honestly don't think any of my friends would watch this. I I don't know anybody who says, "Oh, Carrie is my favorite movie." Well, it's definitely the best Stephen King movie. I'm gonna say that right now. It's even better than Misery, which I love. Misery. I mean, and The Shining. Like when I when I, I think the problem with Stephen King movies. People always compare it to the book, too. Of course. They, that's I mean, the first I mean, thing they're going to do. Well, I mean, but it's not that. It's not that it's better than the book. It's this book and this movie are both better than this book and this movie. Like, they, it's when they compare Stephen King movies, they're adding in the merits of the book on top of the merits of the movie, if there are any, you know? Uh-huh. So, like, even if it's a weak book, I mean, a weak movie, if it's a strong book, then their general opinion is a little bit higher I think this is, so this is the first Stephen King adaptation we've talked about. I know we own one other, for sure. I th- it? It. The newerish. No, the newerish one. The newerish one, yeah. <laughs> um, but. And I've not seen many Stephen King movies, really. Well, I'm kind of going through in my. I don't even know head. how many there are, actually. Uh, there's so many. There's so many. Has all has basically no. all of his. <laughs> no, like, I mean I've seen what the dark half, Pet Cemetery. You've seen the dark half? Yes, I watched it last year. Was the dark half? Was that when? Did he write that as Peter Straub? Was that his one of his pseudonym <sighs> book works? That sounds kind of maybe. I'm he, not. I'm not sure. Wrote, it's not. A, I know he had quite a, a few. Um. The f- the Mist, which was a short story Frank Darabont mm-hmm. directed. I watched that last year too. It is ridiculous. Um, Pet Cemetery obviously mm-hmm. was the mm-hmm. first. That was a. It's funny that I don't own that because it was such a formative movie for me. Uh, Misery, of course. Did you um, ever see like Lawnmower Man or? Nope. I remember um, when it came out. Christine. I never saw Christine. Cujo. I saw Cujo. That fucked me up. Um, um, obviously, It, the mm-hmm. 1990 and the 2017. Um, 
Did, was the there Shining. A, was I mean, there a Needful Things movie? Yeah. Was that um, theatrical? Yes. I know The Stand. There's been a couple stand. I know the one from 95 with Molly Ringwald. Mm-hmm, <laughs> was mm-hmm. ABC TV movie. Um, and I know they've, they've done some kind of like Dark Tower like miniseries. They did the Dark Tower. They, they attempted with like Idris Elba. Were they, they, was that going to be like a, a series? Yeah, but okay. something, I don't know. I'm guessing HBO. I don't know. Um, hmm. Yeah, there's been so many. And I've seen a handful, but I certainly haven't seen all. And um, I've never read a Stephen King book. I've, he was one of those... I, I read a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't own any of his stuff. I, I have mine. Wherever Where? My, wherever my I've never are. seen a Stephen King book in this house. What one did you have? I had a bunch. I had Needful Things. I had... They didn't come with us to Minnesota. <laughs> oh, that's possible. I had like <laughs> it his... It could be um, in your mom's attic. I had all of his Peter Straub stories. Those were really good. I liked those. He uh-huh. had one called The Long Walk. Uh-huh. Did he write the Running Man? Or no? That's something I'm thinking. Get it mixed up with. Because Running Man, the long walk is similar to. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. But it's same kind of like long walk is um more of a a Hunger Games type thing. That's what I thought Running Man was. I mean, I've seen Running Man. Running Man is like a prison movie. But kind of like... They're all like fight to survive. Yeah. Last man standing kind of thing. Because that Family Feud guy's in Running Man. Yeah, Richard Dawson. Yeah. Hi, uh, just a quick uh, note. Uh, I'm recording this on my phone. Uh, I'm in the middle of editing and I've realized I've... We've already made... Well, I have already made uh, several glaring errors. Uh, Peter Peter Straub is not Stephen King's... Pseudonym. He's an actual author. Uh, Richard Bachman is the pseudonym that I was thinking of. And yes, he did, in fact, write uh, The Running Man. Um, sorry, I'm bad at this. Um, yeah, I've, I remember. So the thing about the movie we were talking about, which I haven't even said. Well, wait, we kind of said. Wait, you haven't seen. Huh? Shawshank Redemption, either. I have not seen Shawshank. One of my favorite movies. I know. And every guy likes Shawshank Redemption. Every guy is like, it's the best movie after Citizen Kane and The Godfather. What? That's what I've they never heard say. that ever that's, said. Well, that's what well, IMDb I mean, says. That's you, what they say. Have you I've, seen Firestarter? Nope, I never saw Would you really? Barrymore? Yeah. Nope. Oh, that's scary. Nope, I never saw it. That's I, good. That was a quintessential video box I looked at at the video store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure, always grabbed that one. Um, but never never, never nope. jumped in. And it was like never on TV. Because like for a lot of these, I saw them on cable. Like Pet Cemetery was a mm-hmm. common yeah. cable. Um, so a lot of these I first saw edited um, until I saw the actual Pet Cemetery, and I was like, I can't. Um, but really, Pet Cemetery, the only, I mean, like, Pascal, his face, his head falling off, like, 
because he's hit by the truck. And so it's like peeling off. Wasn't really shown in the. Um, and my, I know at, at a birthday party, like in sixth grade, my, we rented misery <laughs> as you do as 11 year old, 12 year olds do. It's a good movie. It's a, it's a really good that, book. I would always watch that on cable too. And they never showed, um, the sledgehammer and the ankle part, which I was thankful for because I thought I was going to die the first time I saw that. In the, in the book, it's an axe. She chops it off. No, well, that makes sense. I, oh, you know what? I say that, but I don't I know. I don't know. I mean, both gross. The sledgehammer to the ankles. I'm sorry. because, well, I mean. I'm, I, oh. I, can, <laughs> I can see it and I can hear it. Oh. I mean, the fact that they show it. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it, the I know foot it's, looks like it's made out of jello. Well, it is. But. It's not really. No, I know what I mean. James Caan, R.I.P. It's not his, his ankles. Um. But man, can you if, Misery is great, though. If they did it now, how much better that foot scene would look. Oh. Because it would probably be closer. Because you kind of see it from his point of view. Yeah, like you're seeing it from, from his head. Yeah. But the movie we're talking about tonight, Carrie, from 1976. I attempted to read this book. It is his first. It's Stephen King's debut book. It's probably one of his shortest. And me, in middle school, as a person who loved scary stories, Arl Stein, Fear Street, Christopher Pike. My next, you know, the natural progression after Christopher Pike is Stephen King. And I checked out Carrie. I read the first chapter, and I put it down. And I said, I cannot. Why? Because of the period stuff. Oh. The plug it up stuff. Because mm-hmm. that's the first thing that happens in the book. And I'm like, I, and you know, I was like 13. I'm like, I can't. I cannot handle this <laughs> because, of course, I was raised as like we don't talk about anything in this family, so I was already disturbed enough about menstruation. And so when I saw the first chapter of this book it was all about that and how scared you, I'm like, no, and I never went back to it. I, I, I think I may have read it, but I don't have any hard and fast memories of it. From what I understand, it's pretty faithful. Um, the, the movie is. I know I had started to read Cujo and I I lost interest in it. Mm. I've read Christine. Would, yeah. Christine is good. Pet Cemetery. No, I mean, uh, I read it. I can't believe you've read it because that's like 2,000 pages It's long. really good. I mean, again, it is one of those books that was passed around because of everyone watched the 1990. Made for TV. Well, I mean, after a while, all of his books became like 2,000 pages. Like, Needful Things is fucking huge. The Stand is... The Stand is ridiculous. It's probably like 5,000. Of course, we're exaggerating. The Stand is probably one of the... One of his his longest, biggest, whatever. The Stand, I... I've read it. I don't fucking remember it. I watched the movie, the TV movie, and I didn't understand what was going on. Is it like a plague? Some kind of plague is is in town? (sighs) You know, I... Did you see Rose Red? That was a made-for-TV. No. That was the movie I was watching in Studio City mm-hmm. um, on my TV with a crappy reception, and the reception went out five seconds before an earthquake hit. Mm-hmm. It was Rose Red. I will never forget that. I don't remember what the movie was about. 
I probably didn't even watch the whole thing, but okay. all of a sudden it went fuzzy and squiggly, and I was like, "What happened? What's happening?" And then, boom, earthquake. That okay? That that happened when I was with you too. When do what? you experience that more than once? Because I remember that's that, the only one I remember. Rose red. Because I was at your apartment when it happened, also, and I don't Rose know red? if we were watching Rose Red. <laughs> I thought I was by myself. I remember. <laughs> The t- I it remember the been. TV being on. It was on, very sensitive. And then it did that thing. You go, oh, look. Because oh, you'd already. Oh, maybe. I think yeah. you'd already known, known mm. it had happened. Because this was before, like, Nicole and I got cable. And so we just mm-hmm. had, like, three channels. And it was very lucky if you got a picture. <laughs> I had my Sony Trinitron TV. It's very proud of it. Anyway, Rose Red. But yes, Carrie. The movie, 1976. I only have vague memory. Like, while watching this movie, I only had yeah. vague memories of things that I mm-hmm. haven't seen, like, in clips. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Like, like, all the... There's, there's, you know, a hundred well-known clips of this movie. Yeah. I know all of those, obviously. Yep. All the beats, yep. There were ones that... You don't see that I I had vague memories kinda, on kind of foggy on yeah but I mean so I know I'd seen this movie yes all the way through yes. at one point in my life yeah I forgot the fucking house eats itself yeah like and I, I for, still like I forgot I'm surprised when her mom puts that knife and carries back see I knew that happened I, I don't know I, why it because so much is happening and so much has happened to her already that it wouldn't okay we'll get to it I I. It never really occurred to me though that that um Carrie may actually have been like the spawn of Satan. <laughs> no. It was a guy who ran away with another woman. That's what she says to her mom. He ran away, mama. Well, no, I know. Woman. Everyone knows. No, that. I know. No, I know. But what are you talking about? Satan? No, no, I don't no. think Satan's involved. Why does the house eat itself? Cuz Carrie Makes it collapse with all her power. Her telekinesis. Just the house is, can't hold itself it, up it's, anymore. It's not because there's an underlying evil. I've never even... that. That's what I took from it. Oh, wow. Okay. So... Because I honestly don't see this movie as a supernatural movie. Despite the fact that she has these telekinetic well, no, powers. Like, like, like the telekinesis thing, I can, I can accept as being... A real thing in this movie universe. Yes. Because so like the book she finds. I I can I can believe that uh-huh. there's a, a very small a microscopic percentage of people who have Matilda and Carrie, yes. Sure. The whole house collapsing thing, I took it as hell swallowing up the house. I mean, I think it's a metaphor for that, but I honestly think it was her but powers I, out but of control. Now that you say it, I think because she's still she's still alive as the house is collapsing. Yes, because she's screaming. So I, yeah, I, I guess I realize now that that's probably what is happening. <laughs> because yeah, she she takes her mom into the closet because she's, and she's because well, she's making the house fall apart and she doesn't yeah. realize she's doing it. Yes. So she's hiding from the thing that she's doing. Let's start at the beginning. 
Let's start at, at the, the very, very beginning. beginning. So Carrie opened November 3rd, 1976. Which see is this? crazy Did to you me. see this in the theater? Yeah, I was one. You were one. Um, no, fuck What's no, crazy, of course 1976? Not. Yeah. Because you know what? This movie fucking holds up. Except for the locker room scene. It, which I don't think would, ha- would be filmed the same way today. It feels more like an 80s movie. Mm. Yeah, like guess, Police Academy realm, Revenge of the Nerds, but it's not funny at all. No, I know, but I mean, that's when you had gratuitous nudity. Oh, okay. You had full frontal weird science. I mean, you have you know. Okay, well, we'll get to it. So this movie is directed by Brian De Palma. I know. Last week I said this is the only Brian De Palma movie I've seen, except for maybe Scarface. But I was um, forgetting about Mission Impossible. Which we've covered on this show. Because I don't... Because that's not a Brian De Palma movie. And I also don't think of Brian De Palma as like a modern day filmmaker. No. You know? No, I don't either. He's a very... He's one of those guys who made movies back then. Yeah, and he was with the Scorsese's and the Spielberg's and Lucas's and the Coppola's. They're all friends. And yet he's still... He feels less contemporary than some of those other guys. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Because you don't hear his name all the time. No. It's always spoken of as in the past, with a reverence in the past. And same with Coppola, though, I think, yeah. too. The two of them. Yeah. I think because Lucas, Spielberg, does, does and Does Coppola Spar- even still make movies? I don't know. Is he even alive? He is. He is, right? Is he just making wine? Maybe. That's fine. And then he'll help, maybe he's helping Sophia. I don't know. She's you know got what? a pretty she's good... She's doing... She's doing fine Just fine on her own now. Um... You know, we haven't done it in a while. Tagline. I know. I I actually wrote a tagline for last week's, and I forgot to say it. What was last week's? A Million Ways to Die in the West. What's the tagline? Bring protection. <laughs> I know. Dumb. So what do you think? The, oh, well, you're not going to guess. The tagline for Carrie, there's only one. If they only knew she had the power. Yeah. Can't fight the power. Mm-hmm. So this movie starts, we see a 16-year-old Carrie White. Um, see, I don't like what? the idea of... Okay, I don't have a problem. You know, I'm not... I'm okay. far from a prude. I'm the prude in the nudity, family. Nudity, 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 nudity. Yeah. I, never bothers me. But this locker room did. Because they're high school kids. Yeah. I, That's why I said today, they're this wouldn't be filmed the same Mid-20 to 30-year-old high school kids, sure. But they're still portrayed as high school kids. Yeah. that would You would never see that today. If it was a college locker room, fine. I don't have an issue with it. But the fact that I'm supposed to think that these are high school kids and yeah. I'm seeing all their parts... All their parts. Don't enjoy that. It'd be like me Girls and they're all fucking naked. It'd be like Bring It On and they're all naked. Yeah, same thing. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember Mean Girls. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, the, that was the first high school movie that popped in my head. Yeah. Um, so the movie starts off in Locker Room, the high school, right? Does it? Yeah, I think Yeah. And yeah, we don't even see them coming in from like 
whatever no. activity they're doing. Um, and all the girls are getting dressed, and so a lot of them are naked. Now, okay. What? We're never going to get through this. Did, in your high school, did you, did girls walk around just full ass naked? Fuck no. Right. No. Right. Again, this is Brian De Palma going, well, girls walk around naked, right? No, well, no. He's like, oh, I have an excuse to show everyone's titties and, and maps of Tasmania. The only one that makes sense is Carrie. Well, because she's in the shower. Because she's in the shower. She's really enjoying her shower. She fucking loves that shower. And you know what? Is Good it because for her. she doesn't get a shower at home? I think she doesn't have a shower at home. And you know what? She's exploring. She's curious. And, well, and, and also, in, girl, in high school girl locker rooms, did you guys actually shower? Fuck no. Right? You, Again. You maybe wetted yourself a little bit, then you got a towel and you Not fucking any- left. Yeah. Well, because for us, we had to, in order to leave the locker room, uh-huh. we had to turn in a dirty towel or a towel. Wow. We had to go Is through the shower area. Prison? <laughs> and then get a, a towel from our towel guy, and then okay, you can no. get dressed and leave. That wasn't a thing like in the, our school. The towel was your ticket to get out of the locker room, which is really weird. It is. I don't think that's legal. Um, okay, so locker room, everyone's going to dress. It's like kind of slow motion and kind of very soft music. And like, the like camera, Carrie looks like she's in a shampoo commercial at first. And the camera goes to Carrie in the shower, enjoying her shower, um, until she notices blood on her hand dripping down her leg. Carrie uh, gets her period the very first time. And having never been told about menstruation because her mom is a goddamn nutcase, she freaks out, thinks she's dying. Now, did they not have health classes in Carrie's high school that Not time? yet, apparently. <laughs> um, because we had, we had, we were taught that in junior high. Unless they did. and um, Or her mom opted out. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about her mom. Um, Carrie White, of course, played by Sissy Spacek. Uh, Who, goddamn, was fucking amazing. Yeah, she both looks like a 12-year-old and a 40-year-old. Like, depending on what angle I'm looking at her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's great. I mean, she's always great. Even though I have not really seen, I've seen. This. I I can't name two movies that I know Sissy Spacek to be. Well, in. Coal Miner's Daughter, which I never saw. Okay, I wouldn't have named that. And Marie, which traumatized me. I wouldn't me have named life. that either. I I can't name. <sighs> There's this movie called Marie. Came out in like mid '80s, mm, okay. and my parents always watched it. Or maybe Why? they only watched it once. And maybe this is a mandala of memory. But there's there's a scene. One of her kids gets a balloon stuck in his throat, and like almost fucking dies or something. What the? And that, guess why I hate balloons to this day? That fucking Marie movie with Sissy Spacek. She was in Raggedy Man. I, I don't know it. Um. So yeah, Carrie gets her period. She thinks she's dying. She mm-hmm. runs out to the locker room and is like grabbing onto people. Help me, help me. And they're laughing because they're like, oh my God, she just got her period and she's flipping out. And these are mean bitches. And they start throwing um, tampons and pads at her. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. See, the thing that we're meant to, I guess, understand, 
quickly is that Carrie's al- Carrie is already an outcast. Yes. Which you wouldn't necessarily know until she starts acting. Because, okay, I had forgotten she was an outcast in, in okay. like, off the bat. Okay. I thought it was this that sent her No, she was already. But this she's, just accelerated. Her backstory is she's always been the weird kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, which is, you you understand quickly in the movie, but going into it, I had thought that this was what sent her to the fringe, but no, it, I had forgotten she was already out there. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so these bitches are yelling, plug it up until the gym teacher, Miss Collins, played by Betty Buckley. I love Miss Collins. By oh, the yeah. Way. She intervenes. She's like, what the fuck, girls? Um, you know, uh, she helps. I like how she is trying to figure out what's going on. And instead of looking at what the girls are projecting at, she's looking at each girl first. I'm like, bitch, look in front of you. Yeah, there's a girl in the corner of the shower covered with pads and tampons. What do you think is going on? She's like, what are you throwing shit at? What are you throwing shit at? How would you look at what they're throwing shit at? Yeah. Goddamn lady. So she, so Miss Collins takes Carrie, you know, helps, kind of helps her get dressed and they go with the principal and they let Carrie go home for the day because fucking principal keeps calling her Cassie. I do like how the principal is just... And he sees, I love that shot where she's See, standing. A little there, bit of blood on her shorts. Because Carrie had grabbed her, had grabbed Miss Collins' short. And so there's like some blood and he keeps looking at it. And, and he's, he's totally fucking He's trying out. to not throw up. <laughs> because guys apparently don't know how to handle menstruation. They just don't. Especially in the 70s. And he's just like, whoa. Well, it's like that old story of um, when they sent, uh, we're trying to send women to space. And they're like, what's going to happen when they get the period? Well, no, it's like, well, how many how many pads do you need to take? You know, how many hundreds of pads? <laughs> like, what do you think happens? <laughs> I'm not going to be up there for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Again, pay attention to health class, both sides. So Carrie goes home. Um, while she's on her way home, we see... Um, her mom, Margaret, played by Piper Laurie, who you know, you mentioned you don't remember seeing her. Like, in... I know her name. Yes. I mean, we've talked about her in our Return to Oz episode. She plays on M. That, so the fact that the first thing I saw Piper Laurie in was Return to Oz, which is a scary movie already, even mm-hmm. though her character's not scary. Mm-hmm. She's just on M, who takes her to the scary I'm hospital. I'm trying to remember how old... Auntie M is in Return to Oz. Young. She's not Wizard of Oz and well, M see, old. What Return to Oz was ten years after Carrie, so No 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 no. I'm no. just saying Piper Laurie's age and Carrie just add ten years. She's like in her fifties. Low fifties. But she looks younger than Aunt M from Wizard and of Oz. And Wizard of Oz about it was like ninety nine years old. Ninety nine years okay. old. So Margaret, um, Goes over to, what's her name's house? Miss uh, Snell. Mm-hmm. Sue Snell's mom. Sue Snell's mom. <laughs> Sue Snell, Steve Snell, by the Snee Snore. She's like a like a traveling like Bible salesman. She, she's just 
on her own private mission. To spread the word. And, you know, Miss Snell's like, oh, Doug, $10, here you go, leave. Well, because, yeah, she's <coughs> she's on the phone with her husband, and her husband's like, get her the fuck out of the house. Yeah. And then... So, I do like when she's like, oh, I'd like to contribute to, to your non-existent yes. cause and church. And this is where we, I mean, we, this is when we meet Margaret White for the first time, and we're like, okay, well, she seems very religious. She's... Little, a fanatic. little creepy, but that's nothing until she's at home with her daughter Carrie. Yeah, her public persona is righteous, yes, Christian woman. Yep, on a mission to save the world. Who knows? Through gospel. Yeah, and then at home, fuck, she's scary. Yeah, so she gets home after selling her 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 religion. Um. She gets home to a phone call from the school, tells her what happened at school. And um, this pisses Margaret off because you know what? Menstruation is a sin. And then the blood came. I I do like the choice of always showing her from a low angle. Oh, yeah. When she's talking to Carrie. Yep. Yeah. Because it's a very imposing look. Yes. She's scary as fuck. And Piper Laurie is a very, this Piper Laurie is a very youngish, attractive lady. But when you have that angle, fuck, she's hideous. Yeah. Like she's scary and ugly. When she's reciting, I don't know what she's reciting. The lighting is harsh on her. Yeah. I mean, her her hair's poofy, um, unfathomably frizzy. Yeah. So yeah, she tells Carrie her menstruation was caused by sin because. First comes the blood, then comes the boys. They just want to know where that blood comes from. Then she locks Carrie in uh, the prayer closet, which is a small, like, altar. It's it's scary as fuck. It makes Harry Potter's closet look like a (laughs) three-bedroom penthouse. (laughs) Looks like a cozy nook. This, I mean, it is like an altar inside. There's the scariest... Jesus on a cross it, I've it ever looks seen. Like the old timey, like a uh, British, like priest hides. I don't know. Okay. She locks her in there. Pray for forgiveness because she got her period. Um, and this is when we're like, okay, Carrie's mom is a fucking nut. I, to be I continued. Mean, their house is ridiculous. It's, I mean, I kind of love the house. It's because re- it's like it. The inside is it's decorated like a church museum. Yeah, but then even like the the construction of the house is very church like. Like mm. the partition between, I guess, dining room and whatever the fuck, maybe mm. living room, looks like it has those three pointed like openings. Which looks like uh-huh. church window I'm sure doors. It's very on purpose. Very, you know, Trinity esque. And of course, Carrie sleeps in. The, she has her room is in the attic or well, Again, the upper floor. It's but not even a room. It's just a. You have to live in the storage space of the house. Yeah. So then, next day at school, Miss Collins, um, she uh, gets all of the girls that were tormenting Carrie. Gets them in gym class. She's pissed as fuck still. I and here we we meet um Chris 
played by oh, Nancy Allen and Norma, played by <laughs> PJ Souls. I like that her name is Norma. Norma. And um few others. Don't Helen Edie McClurg. Helen, played by Edie McClurg. Of course, she's also more famous for roles like Grace in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Grace! <laughs> well, Ed, at your age, you shouldn't be throwing anybody. It's true. What a little asshole. Okay. Well, I do like in the but, gym where the kids are, well, the kids, the girls are being mm-hmm. reprimanded. Yeah. We see uh, the custodian erasing, Resting, washing yeah. graffiti off that says, Carrie White eats shit. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no mention of it. It's just, He's this wiping is, it off. This is the crap that goes on in, yeah. in but, this um, high school. Miss Collins is pissed. She's, um, she wants to not let them go to the prom, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. coming up. But she said that uh, other, the leaders of the school said that wasn't fair. And so instead they all get a week-long detention. Her detention, which means gym class detention. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's pissed, especially Chris. Chris is like, fuck this. Well, and she threatens to not. She's like, I'm not going to show go, up. Which gives Miss Collins leverage to like, well, then you, I get to enforce the no prom rule if you don't go to detention. Yeah. You don't show up, then I take your prom tickets. And she's like, no. And she thinks everyone else is going to be like not going to show up too, but they're like, no, we want to go to prom. We're going to do this detention. Even Norma's like, I'm sorry, I'm going to do. I'm going to show up. Yeah, I mean, they realize, okay, what's the worst? If this is our punishment, that's the the easiest punishment to deal with. Just you know, fifty minutes a, a day for what a week? Yeah, or whatever I mean, it, it looks awful. Well, the, the, the yeah, calisthenics she, that we see them do looks it is vomit inducing. Miss Collins is um she's she's exerting as much force as she can uh legally probably, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna make them suffer in the only way that I can. And I mean she makes him do all this exercise stuff and Chris finally breaks mm-hmm. and um I forgot how what she does it makes miss collins just lose it well she calls her she, she swears some, at her yeah something then, about like i'm not doing this shit anymore i then, don't know and miss collins fucking slaps her across the face which is amazing can you imagine that happened today <laughs> i think even then that that was, that was crossing probably crossing line. the line and probably. i think miss collins knows it and she could because she does she looks extremely sad and distraught that she's hit this child. She's not a child. Who's she probably, probably the same age as her. But she, I think she was two years... Well, I think Miss Collins was two years older than... Carrie, two or three older, years older than Sissy SpaceX. Really? So, yeah, they're all around the same age. But yeah, I mean, they. Chris and Miss Collins have a huge blowout. Yeah. Chris says, fuck your detention, fuck prom. Yep. I'm not doing any of this. And yep. she storms off. Yep. Miss Collins is like, fine. Everyone else continue. Um, so Chris now has this vendetta. She, she hates Carrie because Carrie's the, the reason for all this, even though she's the one who fucking 
was an asshole in the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, she asks her boyfriend, Billy Nolan, played by John Travolta. She asks him for a favor. Um, that that relationship is oh they're so fucked up they're is, the most is, is, messed up couple is, is fraught <laughs> all they do is fight and fuck <laughs> I mean that's um I so, mean they're just they're horrible to each other just yeah like I mean yeah she doesn't back down and he smacks her and she you know and um, so they're play- so Chris and Billy are playing something. We don't know what it is yet. Um, Norma, um, who is like on the student council, she and her boyfriend or they're gonna um they have plans to rig the prom. Is her boyfriend her boyfriend is that big goofy guy? I right? think so. The one who wants to count the ballots? Yeah. Yeah, the one who's like, hey, how about I show up an eight? Pretty sure. Um, And then um, Sue Snell, played by Amy Irving, who has, like, the best hair in the world. Her hair looks great. Once wife of Steven Spielberg. I guess the rumor has it that Steven Spielberg would come on Stop by Set because, you know, he's friends with Brian De Palma. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know. It's all hearsay at this point, but, like, he would try asking out all the girls and like the only person that said yes was Amy Irving and then they ended up getting married. <laughs> Weird. I don't know. Again, who knows if that's true, but I, I'm i sure they did meet on set. Of, I mean, of I, I don't doubt that that's something Steven Spielberg might do. I, I don't know that he did do or would do, but it... Because, okay, look at someone like a young Steven Spielberg. Geeky. Yeah. Not all that attractive. Yeah. And I don't know when this was... Not overflowing with with mojo. I mean, he may have done Jaws. I mean, Jaws came out a year before this, so maybe that's out by now. But but I mean, he's just another geeky filmmaker. Yeah. But... So Sue Snell, she's um, actually one of the nicer classmates which i did not get until until way until prom yeah yeah. because the whole time i'm thinking what are they up to she's in it because she asks so she asks her boyfriend tommy played by william cat greatest american hero she asks him will you please will you ask carrie white to prom now okay at this point is it altruism or like, is it from the get go? Is this idea out of the goodness of her heart and I mean, and eventually his? That's how I have. He always seems because he's reluctant. Well, yeah, because he's like, well, because they're they're, all, they're they're dating. He's like, well, I want to. Well, no, and I mean, even in Cross the poem, he's still oh, shitty yeah, yeah. to her. Yeah, because um. There's a, a brief scene in, in English class where the teacher's reading a poem that Tommy wrote and everyone's kind of like, <laughs> kinda, you know. Is the teacher, does, I, did, he, I, was, did he have I, a positive review of the poem? It seemed 
kind of positive, but also seemed because like he, he was kind of making fun of him too. Yeah, it, he seemed too, uh, uh, infatuated with this poem. Yeah, hard to tell because he seems like also a drama teacher. Um. And of course, he asks the class if they won't have any commentary or like criticism. And then we hear Carrie in the back say, "It's beautiful." Yeah, and then when he's he seems shocked by that response. Oh, he's like, "Carrie, you think White, it's beautiful, beautiful." And again, I think the teacher's kind of making fun of Carrie too. I also think that he's also not giving her shit, but kind of. Uh, emphasizing the idea that she doesn't really speak up in class either. So this is what drew her out of her shell. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Sue asks um, Tommy to take care of the prom and he's like, okay, fine. Um, Of course, Carrie thinks that this is a prank when he first asks her in the library. Miss Collins thinks that they're fucking with her. They're like, what are you two doing? And, and Sue genuinely is like, no, I want, I've, I want her, I want care. She feels bad about the shower thing. Still. Which I like, never believed, you know. Yeah. Um, so either, either, what's her name? Amy Irving? Yeah. Either Amy Irving is a much better actor or. Because when I watch her or before. She's, or Sue Snell is still shitty at in that scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? Either Amy uh-huh. Irving is, is genuinely fooling every viewer with her acting or Sue Snell's character is still shitty and doesn't have an actual change of heart until later. I think she's genuinely, I think she genuinely feels guilty and bad about what happened. And she really, and she genuinely wants to make it up in her click. She's the one who's kind of just going along with whatever. Uh, I think she always has. Yeah. Um, Okay. Until because I mean Helen and Norma they're bitches to the end they're bitches to the end, R.I.P. <laughs> and even Helen I'm sorry Enid, <laughs> you let Edith Enid Edie Edie she looks like an Edie, um Enid is from Wednesday. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um and during this time, Carrie also realizes that she has some kind of power that can make things move. We saw it happen in the shower. A light bursts. Mm-hmm. Something in the principal's office, she makes the ashtray fly off the desk. Um, and so she goes to the library, looks through the card catalog, and um, I guess the book she stops at, it's like these are all real books that she's looking at. Like They didn't just make Oh, these. really? Yeah. <gasps> what is that book? Uh, it says it in Wikipedia. And so she re- discovers that this power could be called telekinesis. Um, mm-hmm. And so she's got that going on. And Tommy comes by again. Because she had said no to Tommy in the library when she was looking at these books. And she's like, I mean, no. And she ran away. Rightfully so. Yeah. She's like, no. And then he comes to her house. He's a little forceful. I think to in 2023, we probably wouldn't condone that kind of well, I mean, forcefulness. Okay. But at at this point, I feel like he has sort of a I the only concept I can put it into words is 
he has some sort of weird Carrie Stockholm syndrome mm. where he isn't yet actually attracted to her or anything, but yeah. now he sees it as a challenge. Mm. And so he's putting, which is why he's putting the effort in. Yeah. Not because. And I think. Not, he doesn't genuinely like her yet. No. And I also think he wants to please Sue. Yeah. Because I think, you know. So he's determined to get her to say yes. Yeah. And at this point, he's like, well, I'm not going to, you know, he tells her, I'm not going to take no for an answer. And she's, you know, she's like, I can't. Because we know why she can't go. We know her mom is a fucking demon psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, because he won't leave. And she, finally, she's like, fine. Go. And so, um, you know, Miss Collins finds, you know, she tells Miss Collins, Tommy Ross asked me to the prom and, um, you know, Miss Collins like, oh, tries to, because Carrie's still kind of like, I don't know why this is happening. And, you know, kind of gives her a pep talk and, oh, maybe brush your hair, put on some makeup. Well, Um, I mean, I mean, Miss Collins, like you're, you're genuinely pretty despite what you think you look like have you ever ever looked in the mirror because she's always hiding behind her her long hair and so carrie kind of you know and rightfully so i'm happy for her she kind of takes this and runs with it she goes to the to the drugstore and she's trying on different lipsticks and which i'm like you're gonna get herpes girl i'm glad that doesn't (laughs) happen anymore um she makes her dress because of course you know she tells mom that she was asked at the prom and mom fucking flips out of course um is this when carrie gets mad back um no that's when tommy ross is when she's getting ready and her mom falls back on the bed is that what you're talking about the dinner scene oh yeah 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 they're eating dinner and um they're all gonna laugh at you Mm -hmm. and she throws the her drink at her and those candles and then, go out. And, and this is when Carrie, she's decided enough is enough. Yeah. She, she actually stands up for herself and yeah, is like, for the first time and pushing back. And, mm-hmm. and Mrs. White is kind of afraid of Carrie now. I feel like. Yeah. So then a night of the prom, Carrie gets ready. Her hair looks very nice. It's brushed and curled at the ends and she's wearing her um very pale pink like silk dress very simple compared to all the ugly ass dresses people wearing to this prom her dress looked very modern well that i mean that kind of dress it's like timeless it could be in any decade um and this is you know mom is still like he's not gonna he's not gonna show up Mm -hmm. he's not gonna pick you up they're all gonna laugh at you and (laughs) <laughs> and she starts hitting herself and pulling her hair. Her mom just Margaret is I can't even I don't know what she's doing. And she's like, Mama, stop hurting yourself. Lori Piper. Lori Piper. Piper Lori. Piper Lori. Wow. wow. <laughs> hey Lori Piper. I was reading her name. In in the in the mm-hmm. in the school attendance roster. Yes, Lori Piper. Uh huh. <laughs> Piper Lori. 
God damn it. She was so good. She's so good in this movie. I mean, there's a reason why. Like, I, I. They were both nominated for Oscars. How do you pick? I want to I want to see Piper Laurie in 1976 just behind the scenes. Yeah. I want to just see her slapping herself, eating craft services, her, just pulling being, her hair and then stopping and going, "Hold on, I got to go to the bathroom." Being just normal kind of maybe even kind of goofy cuz I can't picture it now. I just picture her crazy. Yeah. And it's scary. And when Carrie gets mad at her again and makes her makes her fall flat on her bed and it looks hilarious she, and I fucking she love it. She never long bottoms her. <laughs> yeah, what's that spell called? Um, Petrificus totalis. <laughs> she totally does. <laughs> but guess what? Mom is wrong. Tommy comes and picks her up. And they go to the prom and Carrie is nervous. Um because she's never been to something like this before. And Tommy is, sec- he's being a pretty great guy. He understands. He's like, well, you know, well, let's just go. We'll have a good time. It's okay if you have to leave early, whatever. I'm cool. Um, well, and he even invites her to like a party afterwards or whatever. The beehive. Yeah. Whatever. The, I was like, is that a diner? I, I it's know. the peach pit. It's the peach pit. Totally is. <laughs> um. So, of course, um. Chris and Billy aren't at the prom. Chris can't go to prom. But they have their plan, which um, we find out was to get bucket uh, a bucket of pig's blood by literally killing a pig at a pig farm. Now... This, okay. I feel like there's an easier way to do this. Well, I didn't remember this scene. The pig scene. I knew they got pig's blood. I had thought, because they go to a slaughterhouse, that they, they, like, they have blood there. Like they got it from like a freezer. Yeah, I thought no, they, they got, killed a fucking I thought they pig. got pig's blood from the pig's blood storage area. No, they took that sledgehammer that uh, Kathy Bates has in Misery, and they take it to... I think Misery takes place after 1976, doesn't it? I think... I think uh, <laughs> I'm just saying no, it's I know. the same kind of weapon. I think uh, Kathy Bates in Misery found this sledgehammer after the school yes, burned down. She's like, oh, what's this? I think I'll bring it back to my house in a different state. She she American pickered her way back to fucking back Missouri to or whatever. Maine. Wherever the hell they are. Well, Carrie, the book takes place in Maine, of course, because Stephen mm-hmm. King's books mm-hmm. always take place in Maine. But the movie takes place in North Carolina, which is why they have these uh, southern accents. So Chris and Billy, their plan, their other, you know, conspirators, their plan, fill a bucket up with pig's blood, put it on the top, Rig the prom king and queen so Carrie wins. Carrie and Tommy win. So she's up on stage and then they'll pull the rope and we know what's going to, what their plan is. We can tell what's going to happen. Sue is also not at prom, obviously, because Tommy's there with Carrie. But she wants to go and um, I think she... Uh, she wants to see Carrie happy. She wants to see Carrie happy. Well, now, does she know that the fix is in for the vote, though? No, I only, I don't. I really don't. I think, because we never see Norma and she's never around them when they're planning that. I wonder, so my, okay, I wonder if, if uh, 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 Chris, right, Chris, I wonder if Chris is the only one, like if, if they all 
know different parts of the the whole prank. I'm calling it a prank. Well, it's Chris the worst prank, but I mean, Chris knows about the rigging of the no, I know, votes. I know. She asked them who, to do it. Isn't that what I just said? I don't know. She's the only one who knows the whole thing. Oh, okay. Everyone else only knows pieces of it. Because mm. maybe Norma now knows because we do see her, you know. But she don't. Norma does look genuinely surprised when the bucket thing happens. Because she's like, huh? Unless she just thinks it's hilarious, which, I mean, she well, laughs I, her ass off. It could be that she's just surprised that it worked so well, too. Yeah. But, maybe. But I feel like. Maybe Sue knows that the fix is in, you know, and so she's like, but she doesn't realize that it's, it's a evil plan. I guess I just like to think that. Or does she just Sue, want to see I, Carrie? Because we really don't home. see Sue with any of those people who are planning any of this ever and the same at the same time. So I like to think that she knows nothing, but she wants to see Carrie and her boyfriend, mm-hmm. I mean, she's like, I think, you know, because in her head, she's like, I'm doing Carrie a, a favor. I'm, you know, she just wants to see her favor play play out. She wants to, yeah, she wants to see the fruits of her one nice yes. thing. And so Sue goes to school and by the time she gets there, you know, they're announcing prom king and queen. Of course, this is after a very dizzying dance that Carrie and... Uh, Tommy, do and- I'm glad we don't see actual like mid seventies dancing. No, just a lot of the just the spinning during that one song. You know, that I'm like, me- I because I thought I thought we do have like dance scenes in this movie. I was glad. No, we not don't. really. No, because I'm like, all this music in the mid seventies is terrible. No, so from the moment Sue gets there, and then they announce King and Queen, Tommy Ross and Carrie White. This movie fucking takes off. This this scene, the slow motion, the editing mm-hmm. is so perfect. Like I'm just in awe when I watch it. The fact that it I I don't know, I don't know how they did it. I, but I, with Sue there and her seeing the rope move and to see Chris down there kind of grasping the rope, you see her hand kind of shaking and Carrie up there smiling with the flowers and just going back. It is edited so well. Like I'm just, and I usually usually don't notice things like that. I'm curious how many actual cuts there are in the, uh, I guess from the coronation to the, to the climax, there's gotta be a hundred. Well, then even the split screen too that he uses. Yeah. I mean, there's just... It's amazing. And I mean, some of the the shots are um, very provocative. Mm. Like the close-up of Chris licking her lips. Yeah. It's a very porny. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's very... But it's effective because... Yeah, it's very... Eye catching. Well, and it just you know you see how and it, thirsty she is for this to happen. And she's I, so. I did feel myself holding my breath and my pulse racing. Yes, even though the scene's in slow like motion, hand, it's even, moving slow. Even thinking about it now, my hands are getting kind of clammy. <laughs> That's how 
I felt too. Because yeah, you're like, because it, it's such a slow build, yet so much is happening. And if I, that makes sense. I do like getting that confirmation that Sue is genuinely good. Yeah, so Because Sue, she, she is looking at the rope. She's seeing something is yeah, happening. Yeah, she sees the rope. It's right next to her Because she's she holding sees it. it. She's, she's got her hand on the side of it like the, moves. the stage or whatever. Yeah, it moves. And so she looks up to see the source of this mm-hmm. rope and she sees the bucket. And she sees... And she follows it back down. She can see the silhouette yeah. of Chris's And it hand. all... She puts it all together and she's like, oh, fuck. And she has that look of horror as she walks away from it. Yeah, and she actually runs to try to stop this from happening. Meanwhile, Miss mm. Collins sees Sue, mm-hmm. sees, and she sees Sue putting this together, but she's thinking that Sue is part of it. Mm-hmm. And so she runs after Sue. I mean, this is all still happening in slow motion, still. Miss mm-hmm. Collins runs after Sue, grabs her, throws her out. She throws her into like... The gym storage room or something. Well, she throws her out because she's out of the building because obviously she's the only one that survives. Oh, I thought she was trapped in between two concrete walls. Oh, I don't... I always th- I thought her I thought, back was against the wall and she's trying to get into the door again. Well, I mean, in she, any case... She's, she, locked, she's locked out of the actual gym. You yes, know what I mean? Yeah. I always thought she was outside because I thought the whole thing. I thought she was too, but her back was against the wall at some point. Well, maybe this says something. But I mean, anyways, she's out of that. This just that she throws her out of the prom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chris and Billy, they pull the rope that's attached to the bucket. And of course, everyone knows this scene. The bucket of blood falls right on Carrie, covering her in pig's blood. Um, They sneak out right after this happens. Well, I wouldn't call it sneaking out. Well, they leave after this happens. They have a mad scramble. He crashes into drums. I mean, it's very noisy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then, still in slow motion, the empty bucket falls, hits Tommy on the head, knocks him out. Okay, now, I had read something that kind of the tragedy of Carrie is that... It really is a, a tragedy. Tragedy. What? Tragedy. It really is a tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) Tragedy. Continue. I had read that, like, Tommy is the victim of... His death is the result of Sue's benevolence and obviously Chris and... Billy. Billy's thing. The bucket doesn't kill him, right? He does. He does die in the fire. Yes. No, because Carrie, like, we like, had this conversation too. Like Carrie, it knocks him out, but like, Carrie inadvertently kills everyone she cares about. Yep, and she also kills her tormentors. But, but still, but, yeah, but yeah. Up until then, Billy is just knocked out, and Miss Collins and a few of the kids are carrying him out. Well, they're trying to like wake him up, or I mean, he's. Well, we do see him being carried out. Oh, yeah, we do. But not... It's too late. There's no getting out of this room. But, I mean, he's still alive at that point. Yeah. He's just... Uh, yeah. Um, so, dead silence when this happens, mm-hmm. which is awesome. It's just 
dead no music nothing you can't there's lots of laughing faces you don't hear a single voice right there's a lot of people moving their mouth i mean norma's like is it all music right now it's dead silent is it there's no music oh i know you're talking okay yes right they're showing the crowd right right. it it comes in eventually pre-chaos yeah okay um and of course carrie is I mean, shock's not a good word for this moment. So, Sissy Spacek has the biggest eyes. The, in the biggest world. eyes in the whole fucking world. I mean, Amanda's bigger Seyfried. than Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried, yeah. At, especially when her face is covered in blood, and you see these big white orbs peering from behind it. Yeah, because the because the the blood actually is contouring. Yep. So it, it hides more of her face. So then all you see is these gigantic, yeah, white, rageful eyes. Well, not even yeah. rageful yet. Not yet. Just horror. Yeah, and she, to her in her mind, everyone's laughing. I at hated her. that. Scene. I mean, I I love it because I felt so bad for Carrie. And Miss Collins. Yeah, because she thinks even Miss Collins is laughing at her. She thinks the she's English teacher's laughing at her. She thinks Miss Collins is laughing. She yeah. thinks, in her mind, she thinks everyone's in on it. Yeah. Is how yeah. it's Yeah, which, it's, you know what? It's Understandable yeah. at this point, because what the fuck just happened? But really, the reality is Miss Collins is visibly heartbroken and, yeah. and, well, and shocked. But, I mean, yeah. you can see that she is absolutely devastated at what's happened to Carrie. Yeah. And then she fucking cracks. I I mean it's it's so satisfying. It's yeah, so horrifying she, at the same time. She has nearly full control of her telekinetic powers. Oh yeah. She throws her eyeballs yeah. at at the doors and windows and closes yeah, all of them. Closes all the exits so no one can get out. The only person that we know got out, Sue, Chris. And Billy. The only one's not in that room. And again, I still think Sue survived because the part of the wherever she was. She was didn't in a burn. fire in a fire protected. Sue and and I mean Chris and Billy, they do they, they do make they get their way out, out of the gym. Not far. <laughs> they get to um, the parking lot. Yeah, so <laughs> she seals exits and then literally controls a fire hose. I had forgotten about the fire hose. Starts spraying everyone. Which you think, all right, that's an inconvenience. I mean, that could hurt close Sure, up. I mean, they use it in the riots. Yes. <laughs> um, but then the water mixed with all the electrical stuff that's happening, microphones and lights, sparks happen, and the room goes up in flames. And it's, well, at some point, so the English teacher and the, I guess the principal, right? Or somebody are trying to get control of the microphone to just sort of direct yeah. and what, then they, what people to do. They get electrocuted. And then at some point, the English teacher gets entangled in wires and things mm-hmm. like malicious wires. Well, she. Which I mean, no, I get. But I mean, yeah. so Carrie deliberately kills him in yeah. my mind. I think she accident. Well, I don't know. Miss Collins' death is she. She. I think. I think the electrocution was accidental, or was just incidental. Yeah. To the environment, the malicious entanglement was deliberate. Okay. Yep. 
And then what is it? The electricity that starts the fires? Yeah. Which is amazing because everything is wet and actively burning. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what kills Miss Collins? What was that? It was a falling basketball backboard. Okay, that's what I thought. I wasn't sure what it was. Yeah. It falls, it crushes her. Because it, it's come sweet, because it's, oh. it's yeah. stored up, it's swung up out of the way yeah. for storage for non-basketball sure. yeah. use. <laughs> yeah, like a prom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it breaks loose and then it, it kind of, well, smushes Miss Collins yeah. in, the, in the... she smushes, um, which sucks. In her nethers. Um, her, her nethers become her, sure. her outers. So yeah, um, everything's on fire. People are, Every, are dying. Everyone's wet and burning, which is amazing. Carrie exits the gym, seals the door. Well, I like that. Yeah, I like that the gym lets her out. And then closes itself back up. She seals the doors behind her. Everyone's trapped. And she walks home. I mean, the way she walks home, it was just... Her hands? Her hands? Freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. It's scary. And obviously, she's still completely covered in blood. And I'm thinking, Sissy Spacek, not Carrie, Sissy Spacek had to have been so goddamn uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, well, I, know it's not, I, read, I know it's not blood. Well, yeah. I, but it's got to be so sticky. And I read that she was so concerned about the blood being in the right spot uh-huh. that she slept in that. Oh, yeah. I've read that before. Yeah, yeah, She yeah. slept in the blood. Yeah. Which I, I mean, if you don't want it. But, I mean, that's what you have script supervisors for. Even that's, it's so hard, though. There's so much blood. And, that's you know. That's their job. They're union I, for a reason. Maybe Sissy Spacek is just, you know. But, I mean, no, Sissy Spacek. She's, what's that word? Like, method. method? Yeah. No, she was so intent on getting uh, this role right. She read the Bible. She studied, I think, descriptions of people getting stoned. Just so how she would react. Mm. Yeah, she went. She She did not fuck around. Yeah, well. Um, so she exits the gym. She's starting to walk home. Chris and Billy, um, in their car, they they see her and they try to run her over. But you know what? They they don't know that all hell has broken loose at the gym, do they? No, they don't. They just see this yeah. Carrie covered in blood, obviously. They did that. Um, but then Carrie turns around and uses her power to <laughs> uses her eyeball power to fucking Flip the car, overturns a bunch of times, explodes, and kills them. Oh, I like that. Okay. She makes the car wreck. You know, that's that's pretty fucked up. But for good measure, I'm going to blow it the fuck up. Yeah. Like, she doesn't set it on fire. She blows she it up. She blows it up, like action movie like, style. Like, there's... Maybe they can survive the crash. Maybe they can escape a burning car. You're not going to ex- escape a explosion. No. <laughs> so they're dead, and then... That's when we realized, wow, no one survived this. If everyone in the senior class went to prom, Carrie and Sue were the only survivors. Yeah. It's crazy. So Carrie then, after she exploded the car, she goes home um, to take a bath, wash herself off. um, and And she sort of like comes to grips with what's happened. 
this yeah, point. it's very like, slow. Like coming, the shock but... has worn off, and now it's just sadness. Yeah, it is sad. Yeah. Um, but then Margaret, mom. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah. my god. She then tells Carrie the story of how she was conceived. What? Well, I mean, even before that, for whatever reason... Her standing behind the door. Mother White. It's like, it might be scarier than Michael Myers appearing because in the shadows. In my, Okay, trying to remember what I saw. I've created this image of her, you know, she's standing behind Carrie's bathroom door. Yes. There's a... There's a there's a dress form. There's like a, you know, a mannequin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, by the door, which is white. And then there's a, in the shadow behind the door, there's another white figure, which is Mother White. Mother White. But <laughs> in my my recollection of it now, mm-hmm. she's got her, she's backed up against the wall with one arm raised and her mouth is open in a frozen uh, scream. I don't like it. As if she's went into some sort of meditative trance. Like, yeah. I, I picture her like this. Yeah. No, yeah, I see it. But yeah, she tells Carrie of how she was conceived. And I could smell whiskey on his breath. And, and then he took me. And I liked it. I liked it. Okay, don't do the voice. <laughs> um. Well, and then and then she tells Carrie, "I should have sent you to God," meaning yeah. I should have coat hangered you out of me. Is that what she's saying? Yeah. Or she's saying when you were born, I should have killed you. Yeah, either one or the other. At this point, it doesn't matter because she's going to do it anyway. Right now, I wanted I wanted Mrs. to say, "You smiled at thirteen weeks." Ew. <laughs> say it alice uh, um then she tells carrie don't worry though i'm gonna send you to god now and she fucking stabs her in the back with a kitchen knife well, again what is, what, what is she doing to she's hugging her at first right she's hugging her don't worry she comforts her but then we see that she's holding a knife stabs her in the back during the hug mm-hmm. um luckily didn't do any spinal damage I don't, at least because yeah, Carrie's still walk. She well, she falls. Well, she doesn't. She doesn't walk at all. No, she I mean, she stands. I mean, she rolls around. She crawls backwards. Yeah. Um. And then like starts chasing her. Well, and then Mrs. White. Yeah, Mrs. White comes down this her stairs. Very Norman Batesy. They'd be like a good couple. Like she's got the mother full, like overhead over overhead. Yeah arm slash motion happening. And she does the sign of the cross with the knife. Of course. That's right. And then again, Carrie uses her powers to find whatever sharp object object the kitchen has. Which has a a few extra knives. And the butter spreader of some sort, some kind of cheese cutter maybe. Well, yeah, she sends one like big kitchen knife into Mrs. White's knifey hand. Yeah, got her right in the hand. Stabbed, pins her to the pins wall. Pins her to the wall. And then, like, a long, like, 
I I would assume seventies, probably some yeah. kind of fillet knife. Gets the other hand, so now she's in in a very God Jesus like T form right yeah, now. Like Jesus. she's stuck on the in the cross. doorway, and then she stands like a apple peeler, a fucking <laughs> cream cheese spreader, <laughs> some kind of like nut pick. Sure. Yeah, they all go flying into her, and she finally. Now, okay, when when Mrs. White or when Piper Laurie is is mm-hmm. dying from stabby stabs, yeah, she seems like she's in ecstasy. She does. It's it. She plays it very orgasmically. She does. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe Mrs. White is a. Bit of a masochist. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, everyone has their kinks, I guess. Yeah. But so, yeah. So I think Mrs. White got off one last time. <laughs> she liked it. And then she died. And then, because Carrie was using so much of her power, again, this, is co- this causes the house to well, start. I, what I think is, now that I realize that it's Carrie doing everything. Uh-huh. I think Carrie is so upset as what. At, yeah, at, she the, has a moment of clarity again. And she's like, "I fucking killed now her. that her because mother." Because she tries to grab her mom. I love that she's grabbing her, and her hand is. Now there, and are, then you hear like a. I, okay, I didn't imagine that. No, there you is hear a, a, there's a. Yes. Okay. I'm like, it really sounded like she pulled her as it like her knife hand yeah. from the wall. Okay. And then yeah, the house starts to literally collapse into itself. Now there's one, you know. When the outside of the house is starting to like fall apart, there was there's one part when it first starts to happen. Yeah, it was like like one like gable, one peak of the roof, just folds over like a transformer. <laughs> so I, for a split second, I thought, "Oh my god, is it going to turn into like a little cube? <laughs> is it going to origami on itself? It's going to turn into like the phantasm? Yeah, the the Cenobite cube. Sure." Um, but yeah, then I realized. Or is that oh, no. Hellraiser? Yeah, it's Hellraiser, Hellraiser. Yeah. But then it just turns into the um, you know, fucking Exorcist. No, the uh, you 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 move the headstones, but you left the bodies. Fucking poltergeist. Poltergeist. Oh my god, it turns into my, a fucking yeah, poltergeist. Yeah, it just collapses on itself. Um, and they they both die with the house. I. Huh? I'm gonna be honest. Okay, what? I did not remember that Carrie dies at the end. It's like me and her mom stabbing her. I never remember. I, I totally thought that. Well, a I didn't remember that the house eats itself. Uh-huh. I thought somehow Carrie just yeah li- because wanders you, off. Into the, I don't know because you're rooted for her this whole time, and you're like, wow, she she did it. She got everyone. She like, killed everyone. Well, and even <laughs> when I when she was walking away, I told you, I go, perfect fucking crime. No one yeah. knows she did it. Yeah. Because no one's a, alive. There's no one with cell phones who has sent <laughs> video footage of anything. Look what I got. Yeah. And even if they even if the police did find Carrie White alive after prom, she left. She had this horrible prank. Yeah, pulled on because her. if the police show and up, how would the doors they, are going to be locked. Well, and how would or, they ever? Whatever. 
How would they ever decide, oh, she used telekinesis to, you know, right. murder everyone? Yeah. Oh, she happened to leave right as this horrible tragedy struck. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I, for, I forgot no, that Kitty died. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was sad. Yeah. So then we see, I don't know how much time has passed, a couple weeks maybe, um, Sue, our only survivor of the prom, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, she's in bed. She's having. She has this nightmare. Well, yeah, we see her mom talking to whoever. Yeah, they're like, oh, the doctor. And says, she's talking about Sue. Yeah, like she sleeps a lot, but the doctor says that's to be expected. And um, but then we see that Sue has this like dream. Mm. We can tell it's a dream just by the the gauziness. The gauziness, <laughs> and Sue's like in this white dress. Well, holding Sue flowers. looks angelic. She does. She actually is I mean, glowing. She's already pretty, but I mean, she looks like a goddamn vision. Well, because she's literally like glowing. Yeah, she has a, a halo haze. of light. Yeah, um, she's lay. She is holding flowers, and she goes to lay these flowers on the where the house was. The now, charred remains of the house. Well, yeah. Okay, so it's a square footprint of where the house was, and it's black rubble, which. I guess is ash, but it looked like. I'll tell you what it was supposed to be in the fun facts. Ooh, mm-hmm. there There's was a symbolism di- for or no, oh, no, no. There was a different oh, way that there house- was an original concept. Oh, okay, yep. But yeah, it is just like you know construction tilled ground. Where I'll the house tell you was. what it is um, in the fun facts. Okay, but yeah, she lays the flowers down, and at, then we see. At the- at the cross-shaped for sale sign, which has been graffitied. Yes. Carrie White, White burns in hell. Burns in hell. She lays the flowers down, and then we see a hand reach up, like Samara in the a, ring. A still bloody hand. Bloody hand. Grab her arm, and then we see Sue wake up and scream, or scream and wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the movie ends with her mom, like, trying to calm her down. Mm-hmm. And she keeps looking at her arm, and... The end. I felt bad for Carrie. And then I felt bad for Sue. Yeah. I mean, she lost her boyfriend. She kind of planned this whole thing. <laughs> well, and she lost like all of her. Friend. All her. She, I mean, lost she, everyone, lost, she lost everyone she knows. She lost her entire senior class. And. <laughs> She's the only one left. And she. I'm sure this is. They wouldn't have called it survivor. Sin- survivor guilt, guilt. Guilt syndrome. Survivor's guilt? Yes. There we go. They wouldn't have, they didn't have that term then, but no. that's what this is. She for, sur- for sure is going to have some PTSD. Yeah. I know that wasn't really a thing back then either. That was shell shock. That was shell shock. Um, let's take a quick break and then I'll come back with some fun facts. Okay. A few moments later. All right. So I mentioned earlier that this was the first Stephen King novel to be published and I mean, not published. Yeah, the first novel to be published and the first to be adapted into a film. Um, he was 26 years old and was paid $2,500 for the film rights. When was this book written? 74. Shit. So, I mean, right off the bat, they were like, this is going to be a movie. I guess. Damn. They're like, here's 2500 bucks." He's like, okay, I'll take it. I wonder how much you got paid for the book. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Um, many young actresses auditioned for the lead role, 
including um, Mel- Melanie Griffith, mm-hmm. uh, Jill Clayburgh, not sure, Farrah Fawcett. She had to drop out. She shoot. seems too young. Or I, I don't know. I actually don't know how old she is. She was, was doing Charlie's Angels, which is why she couldn't do the movie. Oh, she um, seems more like a uh, a Chris. <laughs> she seems too... Yeah, she does seem like a Chris. Uh, Linda Blair. Mm. But she didn't want to be typecast. So I understand why she There's turned it the down. The creepy girl? Yeah, okay. the creepy horror girl. Um, Sissy Spacek was persuaded by her husband, Jack Fisk. He was an art director on this movie. Um... He convinced De Palma to let her audition. She read for all the parts. Oh, shit. Um, his first, De Palma's first choice for the role of Carrie was Betsy Slade, who is in this movie called Our Time. I'm not familiar I know with her. The, I know that name. I, I, don't, go, I, I don't looked know her that... up and I'm like, I don't know who you are. Um, so she was so determined to get the part of Carrie that she she backed out of a television commercial that she was scheduled to film. She rubbed Vaseline in her hair, left her face unwashed, and arrived for her screen test in a sailor dress that her mom had made her in seventh grade. Sissy's basic did. Yep. Okay. Um, And he's like, here, you you got the part. She's kind of, she's kind of a freak. Kind of like it. (laughs) I, I like the dedication. Um. But that seems a little whack, <laughs> whack, wackadoodle. So apparently, George Lucas and Brian De Palma had a joint audition. <laughs> they had a joint, and probably a joint audition mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm. for Carrie and <coughs> Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. So there's, <coughs> oh my god, a long-standing rumor that originally Sissy Spacek was cast as Princess Leia, and Carrie Fisher um, was Carrie. Um, but she, but then Carrie Fisher said she didn't want to do the nude scenes. And so Sissy Spacek got the part because she was willing to do them. So we could have had Sissy Spacek, Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. But then Carrie Fisher has, or she had, um, said this was not true mm. uh, in Premier Magazine. Um, the article quoted Fisher as saying, not only do I love being nude, I would have been nude then. But anyway, it's total bullshit. So I I believe that. Yeah, I don't believe that Carrie would have been like, no, I don't want to do it because I don't want to be. That's nude. interesting to think about, though. I mean, like, like what would have happened? How different Star oh Wars would God. be with sissy space? That would be weird. Would it though? I mean, yeah. I'd be like, why does Princess Leia have such huge eyes? But I would believe her as Mark Hamill's sister. Yeah. I think it'd be fine. Yeah. Can you imagine Carrie Fisher as Carrie White? In 1976? New, New Hope I mean, era Carrie I'm trying to yeah. picture. I mean, she... I don't know. Again, she looks more like a Sue. <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah. So... I don't know. Hard to say. Okay, so um, the thing about what's on the ground at the end of the movie. What's on the ground? Well, where the house was. Oh, oh, oh. oh. So yeah, yeah. a wraparound segment 
at the beginning end of the movie. So that means that means the movie should have opened with an empty lot. Yeah. The so wraparound it? segment at the beginning and end of the movie was scripted and filmed, which featured the White's home being pummeled by stones that hailed from the sky. So that's very biblical. So yeah, we right? are talking God and devil. If we had that scene, okay. yes. Um, the opening scene was filmed as planned, but when they saw it on celluloid, mm-hmm. the tiny pebbles looked like rain. And it wasn't effective. So we are talking the 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 devil destroyed the house and God and fire and brimstone leveled it to the ground. <laughs> Is that- yeah, so because it didn't turn out how they wanted it, and then it says a, mal- a, me- a mechanical malfunction botched filming the night when the model of the White's home was set to be destroyed by the stones. So the filmmakers burned it down instead, deleted the scenes with the stones altogether. The opening scene is presumed lost. Mm, yeah. To, I, to the, I don't doubt it, sure. But that's why we see those like stones on so the ground. So those are holy stones from, yeah. from heaven on high. Okay. Um. But, of course, I mean, they are they are like kind of uniformly stone like. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. But to normal, you know, people watching it will just be like, "Oh, that's it's just landscape rock. <laughs> it's just rubble." Um, and he, a lot of people know this is like a pretty familiar fact about the final scene, the final shot. Mm-hmm. It was shot in reverse to make it more of a like a dreamlike quality. Um. What do you mean it was shot in reverse? It was shot backwards, so... Again, um, what are you talking about? I don't know. No, what what actual scene are you talking about? Oh, when Sue is walking to the grave and uh-huh. the hand... Re- um, It was shot backwards. So, I don't know what that means. Who's, who's like, backwards? I think what it means is Sue is kneeling at the little cross for sale sign. Carrie's arm is holding her. And then... They film it where she lets she, go. She pulls her arm into the ground, so it looks coming out of the ground. It and looks and then she super walks clean. backwards. I don't think she even walks. We don't see her walking away. I mean, like she doesn't have to walk away. It's just I think the okay the arm coming out is uh-huh. actually the arm going in. Oh, okay. Um, and rather than let a stunt double perform the scene underground, Sissy Spacek insisted on using her own hand in the scene. So she was positioned under the rocks and gravel. Mm-hmm. And Brian De Palma said that crew members... Um, Were they like just standing by to get her out? <laughs> um, how do I rephrase Just this? read what you are reading then because... Bury her! Bury her! That's what he said. <laughs> and that, I'm just trying to put this in a different way. So we had to put her in a box and stick her underneath the ground. He's then he says, well, I had her husband bury her because I certainly didn't want to bury her. It's a weird sentence. It's like, if anything happens, you're going to be responsible. Yeah. Basically, the crew member's like, we don't want to do it. Yeah. They're all passing the bar. And so art director Jack Fisk, husband of Sissy yeah. Spacek, was like, I'll do it. I I mean, again, good on Sissy Spacek for throwing herself full force. Because, I mean, you know, you get all the way to the end and... If that's not actually you your hand. You want to see it through. I mean, you want to yeah. see your your bloody hand. Um, So the fire hose water was actually being sprayed at people. I um, 
I did read about the PJ Souls. Oh, yeah. The, which is terrifying. When PJ Souls was hit with the fire hose water, the water pressure burst her eardrums. Mm-hmm. And she, was, she wasn't unconscious when her head rolled to the side from the force of the hose, but she was in terrible pain, mm-hmm. lost her ability to um, maintain equilibrium, mm-hmm. which fucks you up. Um, and then she had no hearing in that ear for about six months. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, I know. I was just reading it for the That's listeners. crazy. <laughs> um, Did you see that little bit about um, Amy Irving and her mom? Yeah, I was just watching oh, okay. it. Thank right. you. Right. Would you like to tell no, it? Nope. Because I was awful terrified. <laughs> When she screams. Yes, yeah, and I listened for it. Oh, you you knew that leading up to it? Yeah, because oh, I, I did the research. I found that out about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> okay. So in the last scene of the film, when um, Sue you know, wakes up from her nightmare and she yells out. Um, yeah, we didn't mention that the woman who plays her mom is actually her mom in real life, Priscilla Pointer. Which is, I think would be weird. It would be weird, but whatever. Works. <laughs> um, Amy Irving's yelled so loud and scared her mom so badly that her mom actually yells out Amy <laughs> instead of Sue. But because of the music, you don't hear it. I was I was really trying, but the music is like... Because um, I guess she had never seen her daughter yeah. like, like that before, which, yeah, that would freak me out too. Which, I mean, is also like, hey, kudos. Your kid can fucking act. <laughs> yeah. Um, to become Carrie... Sissy Spacek would intentionally avoid socializing with other actors on and off the set. So she is method. Um, she would stay in her trailer or hide in the corner or behind the set. Also, before she did any of this, she did warn the other actors that although she loved them all, she would be avoiding them so she could stay in character. And she told them they would have so much fun after the movie finished. And did they? I hope they did. I hope they all got high and fucking... <laughs> Do you know what completely um, shit faced? Carrie's real name is. Uh, Margaret calls her this once at the beginning after she's been sent home from school. She does say Carrie's real name. Hmm. I don't know. It's Carrietta. What? I don't know. The fuck is it Carrietta? <laughs> So in the movie, um, you know, her prom dress is this like really light, light pink Mm -hmm. satin. In the book, it's made of red velvet, um, which would not be as effective with the blood, Mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. But this would explain Piper Laurie's line, red. I should have known it would be red. And then Sissy Spacek ad-libs, it's pink, mama. I can see your dirty pillows. They're breasts, mama. They're called breasts, and every woman has them. Ah, and then finally, the score for this movie was composed by Pino Donaggio. He does a lot of uh, Italian horror, kind of, you know. What are you pulling at your... <laughs> like, what? This is dead. Geppetto. <laughs> Dumb. Rude. Um, the music is um, a bit of an homage to Bernard Herrmann, who was supposed to do this movie, but he died the year before. He died, you know, a day after he finished composing Taxi Driver. 
Um, mm. And so there's a mm-hmm. this. We hear a lot of the psycho shower screeches. Mm-hmm. Um, as a kind of an homage to the would-be composer of this movie, which is nice. And it's just, oh, that's kind of cool. It's a great score. Um, t- uh, Rotten Tomatoes. What do you What are you thinking? Ninety-one. Ninety-three. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times stated that the film was, quote, an absolutely spellbinding horror movie, as well as an observant human portrait, giving three and a half stars out of four. I would have expected Roger Ebert to be like, I like the titties. Valley of the Dolls. <laughs> and Carrie is one of the few horror mil- movies to be... Movies. I was going to say films, but then I was like, Filmy. no, don't Film, say films, filmsy. say movies. And so I went, Mills. To be nominated for multiple Academy Awards, uh, Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie both received nominations for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress, respectively. So you don't have to choose between them. It's, I'm guessing Carrie was Best Actress and yeah. Piper Laurie mm-hmm. was Supporting. Um. They did not win, but mm-hmm. um, but uh, I'm glad that you know. Well, I like was, how there's like no, there's really no like lead male actors no. in this movie. No, I, it's I, very woman led, yeah. female led. Yeah, I did like that. Yeah, that's all. That's my one observation. And it's interesting that it's, you know. And it's 70s. <laughs> and it's written by a male author, directed by, you know, very male man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, and again, since I haven't really, I haven't read Stephen King, I don't know how he is as writing female characters. I can't really speak I, to that. So I, I don't know. Yeah, that wasn't really something I would, I paid attention to while I was reading, while I was actively reading Stephen King. I'm sure you weren't. I'm sure you, yeah. this was the 90s. It really like, I don't care what women think. It wasn't really in my, my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, look at Misery, you know. Yeah. They, he he can write um, very imposing Female characters. And also, like, villains that you kind of empathize with. Like, I don't know if... Yeah, I don't know if they're necessarily, like, portrayed well, but... But they're effective. But he also doesn't necessarily vilify them, I don't think, you know? No, because he makes you see their side of the story kind of... Like, you're still like, well, I know that Kathy Bates is the bad guy in this movie. And I see where she's coming from, but she's still the bad guy, and I still hope she, like... yeah. But you don't hope that Carrie dies. I mean, I the most popular review on Letterboxd for this movie, all it says is good for her. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, that's the that's what you come out of this movie but thinking. I, but like I think she that, did it. But I think the easy thing about Carrie though, to root for her, is that all of her tormentors are also female. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it it's easier to be like, oh yeah, good for her. Yeah. You know, fuck them all, Carrie. Because, mm-hmm. 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 you know, everyone who dies is female. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but, and, yeah. But again, it's also everyone in this movie is 
pretty much female. You know who else dies in this movie? The one black guy that goes to the school. The one well, well, the guy. One, the one black guy who's who made it to the senior year. Jeez. No, I mean, you know. Yeah. So despite the fact that this movie takes place in North Carolina, only white people. Oh, it this. does? I didn't even know it took place in North I said it about an hour ago. I don't I wasn't paying I said the book takes place in Maine. The movie takes place in North Carolina. But the, it's all white people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but despite that, this movie is a goddamn masterpiece. It's weirdly like. It's like a night. It's like 90 minutes. There's no part where it's kind of dragging. Everything has a purpose, and it just boom, boom, boom. I mean, and there's no like overdrawn like backstories. No, we just like you just have to. You you either be like, okay, her mom is a religious fanatic. Okay, she's kind of weird. Okay, she's a bitch. Okay, like you just have to go with the information you're given, and you're either gonna be. Smart enough to understand where yeah. everyone has come from, mm-hmm. or you don't get it and you just look at what's happening now. Whatever. Yeah, sure. Like, we're not yeah. going to explain it to you, is what this movie is saying. Yeah. yeah. This movie is uh, like, you don't make movies this way anymore. Or you don't, no. you don't tell stories filmically this way anymore. Because mm. it's a very odd, the, the movie making style is also very, different you know what i mean it, yeah like it, it definitely yeah. feels some dated. of the what are those shots called where they're both in focus even though she's way behind him oh like like talk about like the the poetry scene the poetry scene and the scene where she's sitting in the off like outside the office mm-hmm. you see well it's they're a, both in focus but you can yeah, tell it's a, it's a wide field of vision field of yeah, it's a wide depth of focus like is that a diploma thing because <laughs> there's a few of those shots in this mm-hmm. movie and you're like whoa we don't yeah you don't see that kind of shot anymore yeah you, you or if don't you get do, it's not as like well, what, what happens now is you get like a two shot mm-hmm. you get the kevin smith two shots which is two you don't get each person's point of view you get just two people sitting side by side you don't get the cut back and forth uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. which is what most filmmakers do so kevin smith is Oh. Known for putting two people on, yeah, instead of cutting between them. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, the this the whole like field of vision thing that. Yeah. Because you, it's odd to you don't see the person in the foreground in focus with the person in the background in focus very often. No, that's why it stands out. It, it requires a, a wide aperture on the can on the lens, uh-huh. and a lot of light. Mm. So I mean, yeah, what the lighting you see is it looks. Normal, but it looks like it's light coming in from the but classroom on window. that set. I guarantee you, it was bright as fuck. Oh, it's probably hot. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I did notice those shots, and I'm like, that. Yeah, especially you the classroom scene where that. you see Tommy. Right. Yep. I mean, he's, he's so close. You don't get his whole fucking face. Yeah. I mean, I'd feel awkward if I was watching. Be like, God, my face is really yeah. close to the camera. You can see everything. But yeah, that I can I can guarantee you that that classroom was mm. lit to fucking hell. Yeah. Because, I mean, she is in such sharp focus way in the back. Yeah. She's like four or five seats back. Yeah. Yeah, she's in the back of the class. we see someone right behind Tommy. I think it was like an empty chair right in front yeah. of her. Yeah, he's like in the middle. But there's like 
more seats in between them. Yeah. And she's in perfect focus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that aperture was huge and the lighting was massive. Mm-hmm. And our cat is fat. Oh, wow. Hi, uh, but yeah, you, yeah, you don't really... But even just the, like this. just the storytelling style is feels dated. But I mean, not, I don't mean, it feels From not a, contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. There's a difference. It feels vintage. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's, an, it's an older style of showing a movie. Mm-hmm. And you feel it's an older style of making a movie. Mm-hmm. Like this, I mean, this movie definitely feels. Like if if you had no idea what this movie was and you saw it, oh, that's old, mm. you know. But yet it, but yet it, it holds up. Oh yeah, I mean it definitely holds for I mean, contemporary audiences because I, I think the story is just something that's going to happen every decade. Well, I mean, and you're like, oh, it's just another bully story, mm. you know. But it's it's a it's it it's weirdly. Compelling, like yes, like I feel like because I think nowadays you get like a bully story and it feels very preachy. Even though this is the preachiest movie because she's preaching, but but I mean like a bully story now is here's why it's wrong and here's how they know better. No, like, this yeah. is like here's why girls. it's wrong, and now you're all gonna get fucked up. Yeah, like if Lindsay Lohan and Mean Girls actually ended up burning. Was Lindsay down. Lohan the victim in yeah. Mean Girls? Oh, I, she was, again, is Tina Fey in that movie? She, yes, she's like the teacher. Or she wrote it. She produced, right? Or, Amy Poehler. Tina Fey is a teacher in that movie, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I didn't really... Quit, I wanted to mention the, the budget in the box office. How much? I, would, I would have no idea on budget for a 70s movie that, I mean... Nothing remarkably like just practical effects looking. So I mean, they found some shitty school, I'm sure, or mm-hmm. a, a, a rec center. I don't know what building they're uh-huh. shooting just, in. Yeah, but so I mean, yeah, there's how much do you think the budget was? Five million dollars. One point okay. eight. <laughs> I'm like. It could be three. They made this it for could less, be twenty. I have they no made idea. it for less than two million dollars. They actually went over budget. Okay. By 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 eleven dollars and twelve cents. Point four. Okay. Um and box office? A fucking lot, I imagine. Thirty three. Oh, okay, that's more than I would have guessed. And I don't this doesn't say if if this was like re released. It doesn't have it just says straight there um like if you said this movie made three point eight million dollars, if you said this movie made twelve million dollars, I'd be like, "Good, Good for job. this movie." Thirty three. Okay. Well, so something shit. resonated with people in nineteen seventy six when this movie came out. I don't know. This was, you know, like was the book popular leading up to this movie? I mean, if they wanted, they wanted the rights to it very quickly. So yeah, I don't but know. They use a lot of shitty books for movies. I don't know. So. I didn't dig deep dive. I mean, they made, you know. Yeah, they did. You make movies out of the Bible. So, I mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Carrie. Um, I. 
I found myself liking it more than I expected to. I mean, I knew mm. it. Like, I knew. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a good movie. Whatever. Uh-huh. I didn't realize I was going to be riveted by this movie, though. Yeah. Like you said, it's very compelling. Yeah. And, yeah. And my, my I remember for for a long time after first seeing this movie, I didn't realize, like, I'm sure when I first saw this movie, I wasn't paying that much attention. I, f- I feel like I haven't, I wasn't paying attention to this movie when I was little. I I thought that the blood on Carrie was her blood and she oh. had like some kind of like chandelier fall on her oh. or something, you know? Like I thought, mm. you know, so yeah. Like I thought her blood was from an injury. Oh. For, for a long mm. time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until, you know, years later when I realized, you know, mm-hmm. the source, but. But yeah, I've always had that memory of that that misconception that it's that she was you know yeah. cut to ribbons or whatever. Mm, no, even worse, a bludgeoned pig lost its life. Huh? John Travolta <laughs> hammering a pig off off camera. Yeah, was Do fucking it. delightful. Do it as horrifying and. <laughs> yeah. And aggressive as that was, mm-hmm. I no, I I honestly I thought that was one of the funniest, most weird, like grotesquely entertaining scenes. Yeah, sure, because he they they have the world's longest sledgehammer, <laughs> and yeah. he's taking the biggest Paul Bunyan esque swings at some pig we don't see. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, good movie. I feel like I was surprised because I, I know, um, our daughter wanted to see this, so that's why we, you know, we watched it in October, and I was like, I don't know how she's gonna, what she's gonna think of a movie from the seventies, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. like you said, they're made differently, they, mm-hmm. they move at a different pace, and but she loved it and she's like i gotta show my friends and i feel like it just has that kind of legacy where this yeah this is one of those things that's gonna get discovered by one kid and then passed around yeah every couple and and i'm glad that our kid is with us passing around yeah ha 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 sorry parents should we pick for next week Let's get something good i'll see 168 why do I, why do I, I have a, in my gut, I feel dread all oh, of a sudden. Oh, that's me every week. Oh, really? I'm always hopeful. But no, now that every I know week that, I'm like, oh. Well, now that I don't have like a Deadpool to look forward to, although I do have no You don't have a million ways to die in the West anymore. Got that one. Which I didn't even know I was looking forward Woo! to that one. Okay, go. 168? Yeah. You said, oh, yeah. Hey, Google. Pick a number from 1 to 168. Here's a random number, 148. W. No. X. T. U? Um, R. It's a franchise that we are almost done with. Well, that's not Twilight because we'd be done with that then. Or I guess, yeah. I guess 
I guess if we got Twilight, it would be we are. <laughs> I guess not Twilight. Uh, and we just did one a couple we a few weeks ago. What is it? Amer- another American Girl franchise movie? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm <laughs> kind of the American I'm Girl kind of, I'm kind of disappointed. Okay, what letter? It's well, the franchise starts with S. Spider Man. Nope. Superman. Nope. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sumo man. <laughs> it's a Star War. What one is left? We have two left. What do we have left? We are watching Star Wars episode mm-hmm. eight, The Last Jedi. Ho ho, is it gonna be good? Possibly my favorite from the last trilogy. Even though I love Force Awakens. I know. It's a hard call. And again, we'll have the same conversation. What's your ranking? But we can't do the ranking until after. I love that we're doing New Hope last. <laughs> like, that's our last Good. one. Which makes sense. Um, but yeah, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi from 2017. Very controversial movie for some weird-ass reason. I already have so many, like... Memory uh, highlights that are now popping into my head. Oh, okay. From watching this movie, of of watching this movie mm. back back way back when, five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely one, two. Wow, this you don't know in my top four. Okay, Star Wars. And Star Wars adjacent movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe top three? I don't know. One, two. We'll figure it out. It, it would be very it's it it's top four for sure. And then on a good day, top three. Okay. <laughs> on a rainy day, it's in the bottom. Oh, when on a rainy it- day, it's like one or two. All right, so again, a Star War next week. Until then, you can follow us on Tumblr at Why Do We Own This DVD or Instagram at Why Do We Own This DVD. You know what? I think this Star War might be uh-huh. worth a me tweeting? throwing up a tweety. Wow. Tweet. Okay, well, you have fun with that. Maybe not. I don't know. All right. Look for look to the sky. If you see the tweet, then you know I've I've. We'll all be broom kids gra- yeah. reaching out for that broom, but uh, reaching out for that tweet. But uh, thanks as always to Brushy One String for our theme song. You can find Brushy at brushyonestring.com. and thanks to Marlene LePage for our artwork. And... <laughs> I guess that's it. I'm gonna go play some Pokemon or something. Okay. We will see you all next week. Bye. Hey!